the game on the line, you can't fold and you can't bend. Y'all uh, be playing it safe and I be going for the win. Remember back when they was doubting on the kid. Uh, now they tuned in cause my game too legit. Hey, hey, what's going on, world? Welcome back for Giving AF Podcast. My name is Sean Surface. This is a second chance podcast that we use for uh, marketing material for our mentorship program. You guys know that uh, I love to bring guests on here that will provide value. I'm super excited again. I know I say this every time, and I say that every time also, but about who we got on the show with us today. His name is Forrest Laurent. Um, I met him actually. It's a really cool situation over here at the studio that I record out of. I've met a lot of good people that are on the same kind of like a positive journey uh, that we're on. So it's kind of it's kind of cool to be able to like have a network of people um, and then kind of work through each other and work off each other. So it's been really awesome. Um, I met Forrest through uh, Derek Johns. He's kind of like a producer uh, that Derek Johns was on our show a couple weeks ago, which was the uh, Dear Son Network. And him and Forrest worked together and they're actually about to have their own show on Roku, which is really cool. So we're going to ask him about that. Uh, Forrest does a bunch of like positive uh, very like motivating kind of like almost like self-help type content is what I get out of it I feel like there's a lot of good information that people struggling with identity and struggling with just kind of their purpose or even relationship issues like I could go on and on about the good information I got off his stuff so um, thank you thank you yeah let me I'll try to stop uh, <laughs> rambling here for a second and let Forrest take over can you kind of tell my listeners like who you are where you're from and kind of give them like a quick rundown of yeah, definitely. Um, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Really do appreciate it. Um, I love your content as well. Very, very inspirational. Um, but I am Forrest Laurent. Um, I'm from Connecticut, living in Texas. And um, yeah, I just I just love creating content that inspires thought, that provokes thought, uh, that provokes positive energy. And, um, you know, it's just it, it came out of a need that I've, I saw for people to really sit and reflect and to sit and recalibrate and to not, you know, feel hopeless so much. And, um, you know, that's that's where the need in my heart came from to do it. That's good. That's really good because it's true. I like that you have some content on your social media feeds that talks about, like, being okay with questioning, like, your past and, like, um, being okay with questioning your experiences, I think what it was. Right, yeah. Which is really good because I feel like sometimes people nowadays are we're kind of, like, it's it's just a tough situation, but it's cool to be able to like have someone that says, "I mean, it's okay to f to check your feelings and just right, to, right. to kind of check and see where your feelings are coming from Definitely. to try to be able to like solve that sort of stuff." Definitely. Um, so, how did you? Uh, I know you said that you kind of felt like people had a, a need for this. How did you kind of get into this space? Like, how did you the podcast stuff, the channel? Like, how did this come about? So it came about by depression. Depression. Um, I was sitting in my apartment and I was mad at life mad at God, mad at my situation, um, broke, busted, disgusted, just in every sense of the, every, every sense of the word, I was just upset with life. And I'm not an angry man. I'm not a, you know, rageful person, but I was to such a level of disappointment in myself and, and just this, this, just resentment towards my situation in my life and how it was going. Um, I had to go to work in about an hour and an hour and a half. And I prayed to God and I said, God, listen to me. That's how I talk to God. I say, God, God, listen to me. If I go to work with this mindset, with this energy, I'm going to cuss somebody out. I'm going to walk off the job. I'm going to do something because I can't be in anyone's face right now. I'm too angry. I'm too, like, I'm just, I'm just not right mentally. And um, God said, okay. Okay, but here's what I want you to do. I said, all right, talk to me. What's up? Talk to me. 
He said, I want you for the next hour to do something that is meaningful to you. Right. So um, doesn't matter what it is. I don't care what it is, but do something in this hour that will bring you meaning. Right. So I had on a dingy gray sweatsuit. It was just a I just had it on. I was just around the house and I had my camera and I set it up and I turned it on and started talking. That's all I did for about 25, 30 minutes. From that, I pulled my first three or four small little messages and I just posted it. And I did it because I said, you know what, this will make me feel better. Just putting positive information out will make me feel better. And those were the first videos that went viral on my social platforms. And that kicked off everything. Dude, so, that's awesome. Yeah, so then, you know, where it came from literally was me being depressed and just upset about my situation. Dude, I got three awesome things out of what you just said. For one, um, pain leads to purpose, right? I get that a lot. Definitely. Like, and I feel Definitely. like that's what caused you to step into your purpose was that pain through the depression you were feeling. Right, right. Um, the self-awareness that you're able to have um, in that situation to be able to like think like, God, like if I go to work right now with this attitude, I'm going to mess up. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people live their life with that attitude, making the mistakes that come from it. Right, right. They do. Does that they make do. sense? And no, then the does. last one that I just want to hit on real quick is... If I, if people could understand that your discussion and your or prayer or relationship with God can be the way you talk to him, like, hey, God, man, I need to talk to you, homie, where you at? Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like more people would, yeah, and and be able to. We right. don't have to come to God like, dear, art thou holy right. Father, holier than thou? That, that's of because it's not us. It's not real. God knows that. Right, right. God doesn't knows that we're not talking about like this. Thou <laughs> art. You know what I mean? Right. So I right. feel I feel like that's if people actually thought, man, I can just say like. Hey Lord, man, good looking out on today, dog. I made it through. I appreciate you. See you tomorrow, like, and just open that relationship and that conversation. Like, I agree because my my most impactful conversations with him happened when I was angry or sad or happy. But the most impactful ones were when I was just angry and just I was I used to just yell at God. I used to how could you da, 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 like how did like it was like but in my mind it was really communication. Um, but I think it's the authentic communication that's valuable. A hundred percent. He's not, he knows, he knows how you feel. Right. God can handle that. You're, you're not, and, God's not right. like, oh my gosh, you hurt my feelings, son. Like, right. <laughs> he's like, bring that to me. That's what he wants. Right. right. So I know that we weren't even going down that route, but that was awesome, man. Thank you Thank for you. sharing that. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, um, I, I will keep, we can either come back or we can go to it now. Um, I don't, cause I don't want to forget or miss out on it. Like how, can you give a quick, how my member or like listeners can find you? I said members, like it's the gym, <laughs> how, how listeners can find you, your social media platforms and the Roku channel that's about to drop. So on my social media, um, it's all Forrest Laurent, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-L-A-U-R-E-N-T, Forrest Laurent across all platforms, um, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, um, you know, TikTok, and, um, the Roku show is going to be on Roku TV, the actual channel that you can search. Yeah. Um, so it's the Dear Sun Network. And um, shout out to them. Great, great individuals over there. And um, they're very supportive and they're, they're mentoring me as well through all this process. But it's the Dear Sun Network, you know, on Roku TV. And you search that and the channel is available there. You can find it there. Is it called The Couch? What is The Couch? So The Couch is the name of the um, podcast that I've been speaking from, in a sense, um, it's more of a metaphor. It's more of a safe space for me because when I was going through my suicidal thoughts, my sister's husband, um, Ryan Perkins, he's in Louisiana. Shout out to Ryan Perkins. Um, he had to sit me down a number of times to get my mind from a place of hopelessness to having hope again. 
And those conversations were very difficult and uncomfortable. And they happened on the couch. Every time it happened, it wasn't in the church. It wasn't in the pews. It wasn't, you know, in the vestibule. It wasn't in anything like that. It was me and him sitting down in his living room on the couch. Sometimes at one in the morning, sometimes at three in the afternoon, it didn't matter for him. Um, if I needed him, he and you know he saw a need that to talk to me, it would always be on the couch. And while at the time I didn't value what that truly meant, um, it, it turned my life around for the positive. And so um, the term "the couch" came from that. Um, that's why it holds so much meaning to me. I didn't want to change it for the show. Um, I did have a thought to change it, but um, not going to stay the same. I think it's dope. I definitely wouldn't change it. I Thank think you. it sounds Thank awesome. You. The couch, because it, it already it makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, another thing that off of that, that um, as men, I think we need to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable as far as like getting help from other men. I feel like yes. a lot of times yeah. we're, I know I keep going in different directions with you, this, you but can. when you hit a point like that, I'm like, I want to make sure that our listeners catch that. Um, to be able to allow uh, another man to speak life into you. As men, sometimes we're all like, oh, man, I don't need no help. I got this. Yeah, that's but, how it is. You know, um, so I think that we have to be able to be vulnerable and open and allow men that actually care about us. You do have to be careful uh, who you're open and, you know, vulnerable with for sure. But, um, you know, what's that saying? Iron sharp, sharpens iron. Like, that's real, definitely. you know? Like, so it's it's important to have other men that you allow to speak positive stuff into your life. So that's cool. Definitely. So what I want to talk about, I kind of, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. What I wanted to go into... Um, and I just experienced it today going into, so I just left the school. I go to the Phoenix Academy every Friday okay. from 10 to 11 okay. and talk to these kids that have been kicked out of regular high school for either fighting or drugs or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, one of the biggest, I'm kind of better at it than most. And it's, I think it's because I grew up in such a diverse neighborhood. Like I have friends, you know, black, Hispanic, you know, I, every race and nationality. And so like I'm comfortable with that and I, I actually enjoy diversity like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the problems that we're dealing with with the mentorship program is communicating between if I take a mentor that's 40, 50 years old and pair him up with a 13 or 14 year old, you know, let's say we have this older white guy and this young black kid. And it's like the communication uh, we're just missing sometimes. Right. Does that kind of make sense? It makes sense. definitely. So we're trying to figure out uh, how to kind of. It's not something that we're going to have the answer for right now, and it's just going to be perfect. But it's just kind of about, I want to have this discussion of a few different topics um, and how different generations are different and how we can just be kind of be like open to the... Does that... Makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. So one of the first big things is the... um, So the purpose of this is to kind of give men, older men, a a pathway to communicate with the younger generation. I'll put it that way. Um, some of the so the first question, which is a little bit different, but the first question is going to be, what is and you're so I'm almost forty, you're thirty, right around thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we're, me and you are actually technically in different generations, right? So right, right. So we're actually in different generations, right? Um, so when we look at this, the there's barriers between generations, and to be a mentor, we need to know that what these barriers are to be able to reach the younger generations. So. Um, what what would you say is your favorite form of communication? I'm not going to lie. Um, my favorite form of communication with the younger generation is, um, I would say, bonding in a sense, yeah. um, but bonding through a common interest. So when I, would, when I was a youth, a youth minister, um, a lot of the times 
the thing that separated me from other mentors or other youth ministers or other youth pastors was that they saw me as more relatable. Um, now, the my peers thought it was because I was tatted or they thought it was because I had a certain, you know, fashion style. But in all actuality, um, I believe it really was because I just spent time with them and I did things they like to do, like football, basketball, sports, arcades, PlayStation, just playing games, playing 2K with them, things of that nature. And what I learned through that experience was if you can find a common denominator, a commonality amongst you and them, then you can build off of that. That's so It's good. hard to build off of differences, you know, yeah. um, not saying it's impossible, but it is difficult to do, especially when you have a generation that's more geared towards acceptance. You know, the fact that you're trying to build uh, with building blocks off of difference is hard, is hard for them. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I, when I told my peers that that were from different backgrounds, you know, um, Spanish backgrounds, um, Caucasian backgrounds, white, black, it really didn't matter when I told them that. And they started to move in that vein of, man, so let's let's find something that we both enjoy enjoy doing. Or let me find something that I can learn from you in and you can teach me because we have to be teachable, too. Yeah. You know, a lot of the teaching that I've learned in life, believe it or not, came from younger generation, not from them intentionally saying I'm going to teach you, but from you watching them and good, good lessons, not bad lessons. Yeah. Like you can learn a lot from watching the younger generation. So um, I think it comes from being teachable for one and then being because the weird thing, not weird, but the interesting thing about mentors and youth pastors and youth ministers is that they think they have all the answers. So it's like if you can be teachable, if you can be vulnerable enough and versatile enough to understand that I can learn from these individuals that I'm trying to speak life into, um, I think your energy towards them changes. So not to be too long wind, too much long winded, no, but um, that's what I had to understand is that you can find a commonality with these individuals. And once you do that, build off of that. Don't try to change what they like. Don't try to change how they dress. Don't try to change how they talk or trying to change their mind and all that. Just go in looking to respect them. Go in looking to find common ground. Go in looking to be, you know, an assist to them. And I think if they can, because they can pick that up. They can pick up when you're being disingenuous, when you're being, you know, um, fake in a sense. They can pick all that up. So that's all I really did. Dude, that's awesome. And like, it's so funny how when you let God run the conversation, how it can go in a better direction than I even had planned. Because w when I asked the question, like you, your answer was way above anything that I was hoping I could get. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Because what I was actually asking the question in was kind of like favorite form of communication. And as far as like text, Instagram, call, oh, like, okay. no, no, you went, you went awesome because you actually provided more value because, um, Face Thank to face you. is really where, and I feel like the younger generation nowadays almost struggles with that face to face, but they need that because that's right. where a real bond is made. Because mm -hmm. what I've seen nowadays with these, with some of the younger kids, and again, when I say this stuff, I'm not like talking bad about it, it's just different mm -hmm. generation. Right, right. Um, I'll see these kids in a room together texting each other. Yeah, that happens. Like, literally. Yeah. Um, I will text one of these kids, uh, hey, man, we got an event Saturday. Like, get no response through text, no answer, no reply, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, they're sending me um, memes and stuff on Instagram. And I'm thinking to myself, hold up, I'm waiting for yeah. you to respond to this text. <laughs> like, the, it's it's kind of different how, uh -huh. like, we, my generation, we respond in texting. Like, I prefer text messaging. Uh, it's an okay. insecurity thing to me because um, I can hide behind a text message. Okay, makes sense. Although, there's always, I struggle, there's always that taking offense to the way a text came across and it didn't mean to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's that element, right? Yeah, right. but I, so what I take from yours is uh, it's awesome. There's more of like the face-to-face -face mm -hmm. communication, which is uh, definitely 
something that I think that the younger generation is like that is bringing value to the younger generation. You're forcing them to to make eye contact and to have like right. a, a conversation. Right. I love, 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 love the common ground thing. And also to try not to change them because... Yeah, that's I, a big one. Because I feel like when I was growing up, my dad would be like, man, get off that get off that computer, man. You ain't ever going to make something out of yourself on the laptop. That electronic stuff, yeah, get rid of that electronic. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, if you don't know how to use electronics, you're screwed. You're, you're a disadvantage. So it was like, yeah. but do you see how my dad, and he didn't, you know, he was just thinking, no, technology right. was new. Right. But do you see how that faulty generational, um, him trying to change, like you said, don't try to change them. Him trying to change my look, outlook on electronics mm-hmm. was actually could have been detrimental. Right. Is that, Could you know have. what I mean? No, it makes sense. Yeah. So it, I think that's awesome. All right. Let's see. Thank you. Good answer for that, dude. Because that was I even better than what I, I was hoping it. for. Um, let's see. What a, and I love this one because to me and you, this is going to be so different. And I'm excited to explain myself on okay. my situation of this. Okay. Okay. Um, the older, even older than our generation, I feel like look at a work day as you get up at seven o'clock in the morning and you get off at five yeah. o'clock and you have your, yeah. your work day. Now, as a content creator or just nowadays with so much stuff being digital, what does like a normal work day to like look like to you or what is your perceived? So a normal work day for me is um, opposed from what you see on YouTube and all of these gurus and all of these entrepreneurial, you know, mentors. I don't wake up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. or 7. I don't do that. I wake up at maybe about 9, 9.30ish. Um, I sit and I let myself embrace waking up. I lay there for about maybe 15, 20 minutes, um, just to embrace the fact that I'm alive still. Um, that came from me reading that 16,000 people per day fought or per night die in their sleep. Just a, I know it's kind of random throughout there, but oh, yeah. they're different things. So, you know, I, I embrace, I thank God that I'm still alive. Um, after that, I look at, you know, what I have to do for the day, whether I have to post two videos, make two videos, make a graphic, make a flyer, different things like that, prepare for um, a live, prepare for an interview, prepare for a seminar, something like that. Um, But every day for me looks different because I'm so, I want to use the, I don't want to use the word unorganized, but I want, I want to say I'm so spontaneous with my, with my um, creative process. There is no set like I could create at the coffee shop one day, I might create in my room the next day, I might create in the living room, I might create at my friend's lounge, I might create. It just it yeah. just depends. Um, so I don't really have a set schedule or a set area that I prepare or create in. Um, it just kind of comes and goes. But I do know every day I wake up around nine nine thirty, embrace the day. After that, I might eat lunch, um, and I just I just get to it. Now my day might start, my creative day might start at like I said, ten, ten o'clock, ten thirty ish, and not end until three in the afternoon. Or I might start it at three in the afternoon, not end until twelve yeah. midnight. So it just really depends. But um I think it was frustrating for me because I tried to adapt and um adopt these different ideologies, different schedules from everyone else telling me how I should move and how I should do things. And it never worked for me. Yeah. And that's what I had to understand about creativity is that you can't box it in. Everyone's different. So um, now there are systems you can put in place that help you stay, um, meet deadlines and help you stay focused and help you, you know, stay online with what you need to get done. But um, as far as the creative process itself, my day is different every day. Yeah, literally that's, is different. So I can't really. No, it's that good. Measure, you know, but, no, no, that's it. Okay, that's okay. that's what I was trying to get. At. That's the answer gotcha. I wanted. Gotcha. The answer gotcha. to that is that we are gener- as generations are moving away from this standard 
not get to work at nine, done at five. Like you don't know what your day is going to look like each day as a content creator. It could be right. different. It could be depending on what's going on. And exactly, especially if there's news like the takeoff situation, rest in peace, takeoff, um, stuff like that. Just kind of th- because people hit me on my phone and ask me, were you going to talk about this? What about Kanye? What about Kyrie? Are you going to, so it's always, you're, you're having to prioritize information coming in yeah. while also regulating your output and the energy you have going out. It's, it's, it's a good. lot, you know? So Yeah, no, that's awesome. And like with me, especially now at the space that I'm in right now, where we're, we got the mentorship going, we got one gym running smoothly, about to open the second gym. Congratulations. And thank you. Congrats. Appreciate it. So I've kind of stepped out at least temporarily of like the, training a shift so much at the gym like oh i'm there at five to ten or from three to eight so Mm -hmm. um so there's days where i'm getting up and i'm just moving all day long and uh and it's like sometimes i even feel like my wife is like did you even like go to work today i'm like hold on hold on like no i didn't actually (laughs) like show up at the gym and train a bunch of sessions right right but like my work day like it's funny so when you own a gym right Mm -hmm. and the only thing you do for marketing is social media you're basically running an online business. Pretty much, yeah. It seems, it doesn't seem that way. And people, it's hard for, like I all day long am constantly just responding to messages. Hey, how much is the challenge? Or hey, what is the meal plan like? Or so like my life, my work day is really sometimes just on my phone constantly. Right. Um, where to my wife, that's not working. And like nothing right. wrong it's, with us. Right. But it's just like I'm on my phone all day in her eyes. And it takes a lot of work to do that. It, it is a lot. It takes it's a lot of mental focus and a lot of Conversations, remember right. who you talked to, what you've already discussed. or mm-hmm. So... And I've kind of got it down to a process now where I have like, I can, I get a lot of the same questions over and over so I can kind of hit like a copy and paste type stuff. But, but people also pick up on that. So you got to be careful. So I guess all I was trying to get at is, um, I want just people to be able to realize that what is viewed as a traditional work day is now different. I guess that's really all I was trying to get with all my rambling there, but, um, let's see what the next one was. These are kind of fun. Oh, I like this one a lot, actually. All right. How do you measure career progression? Ooh, that is a good one. That's hard, right? Because um, everybody's different. Like Everyone's different. So the metric of success is different for everyone. It's subjective. Um, with me, it used to be numbers because I used to, like you said, I used to be um, like you, like I used to do social media, uh, you know, for my primary, um, you know, career path. I used to be a photographer, a film, a filmer, editor, things of that nature. So with me a long time, or for me, a long time success meant what are the numbers looking like? Like, how does it look on paper? How does it look on your phone? Like, how does it... Um, now, that's transitioned to how effective are you? And how effective can you be? So for me, success in this space of my life and what I'm doing is not so much um, the engagement. It's more so the impact. And I think once I shifted my focus and my paradigm from trying to look successful and trying to have the numbers to um, if these if, if they walk away from you, what are they getting? When I shifted my paradigm to that question, everything changed. Because the thing that I had to learn is that if you're giving people information they can use, then they walk away with value, then that's infectious. That lives. Someone coming to my page and seeing a picture that's attractive to them lives and it gives you stimulation for about five seconds. Like, oh, he's handsome. He dresses well. It's a nice picture. Then they leave and that that interaction is is pretty much. Yeah. So um, 
the effect and not knocking anyone that's a model or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Um, it's just that my metric of success based off of what I'm doing with my life right now. I want people to walk away from my video or from a conversation thinking I can, that's a seed planted that I can use in the future. And if I can plant that seed, then I've done my job. I don't want to change your life. I don't want to be this, you know, all knowing, all seeing yeah. person to you. I don't want that. I want to plant the seed that hopefully will grow into a change in the, in the near or distant future. That's that's what I feel like my purpose is. It's you couldn't have so. been like so. It's funny when I answered the question. I wrote down my answer right here. I wrote impact was my impact. answer, and it's the same yeah. thing you just said. Like, yep. and for the longest time, it was for me how much money am I making? How much money am I making? Mm-hmm. How much money am I making? And I feel like when I would start stressing over how much money am I making and and start stressing all that type of like money stuff, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't providing the same until I started thinking, how am I, how can I provide more impact? Then numbers just started going in the right direction by themselves. I didn't right. have to be so Organically. focused. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then my second one instead of impact would be opportunities. So like what for instance, like starting this podcast and then I get opportunities. I meet people like you. I meet people like Derek, like the, your producer from Dear John's. Like, right. I mean, Dear Son. Dear like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I just feel like um, the opportunities I can start telling, oh, the more opportunities that are flowing, I must be going in the right direction. Right. So right. That's kind of a way that I test it. Obviously, money is always going to be something that's, you know, of course, relevant. Of course. But if you go through your life measuring your success off of money, Look at how many famous uh, athletes, um, musicians are filthy rich and miserable. Exactly. A lot, right? A lot of them. Exactly. So that's where I think that impact is more important. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. We had the exact same answer. All right. Let's Sorry. see. One more question. Oh, that's another good one. Okay. What type of recognition motivates you? That is a good question. Isn't that good? I love good these question. questions. Um, I would say... Okay, so what type of recognition motivates me? Um, this it's a good it's, it's hard. A good, but it's, it's a hard good, question. Yeah. Um, it's difficult for me to answer because motivation for me does come from recognition, but not in the sense of someone heaping praise or adulation onto me. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that you are like that, or you yeah. know, not saying that's what you were asking, but that's what I took from the question. And the kind of recognition in that sense that you know um, motivates me is seeing people reply and message me and email me that um, it resonates with them what I'm talking about. Um, And that's the main thing that I'm doing it for because hopelessness is something that a lot of people um, battle with and struggle with. And it's not talked about enough. And hopelessness is one of the main things that is, you know, a characteristic when you're talking about depression, suicide, um, self-harm, bodily harm, like cutting yourself, things like that. And um, it's not because, from, from what I've I've learned, it's not because they're going through anything that they feel is just like, oh, man, it's, it's just they, they feel like this is hopeless. Like, how do I get out of this? I can't get out of it. It could be something as simple as a hangnail or it could be something as simple as, you know, it, it doesn't matter to how big or small you think it is, but they believe it's this magnitude because it just feels hopeless. Yeah. And... um. So when people message me and they hit me up and you're like, man, that gave me so much hope and I'm, I'm glad I watched your video, that that brings back, tears to so my it's eyes. it's back to impact, right? It's back to impact. There was one story in particular. I went live on TikTok and um, I was on live for maybe about two minutes. Now, when you go live, right, it takes about a minute and a half for people to come on and hear about it. You know, the notification goes out. So at this point, there's maybe 20 people on this live. It's not a lot because normally there's about two, 300 on there. So... Um, 
So about two minutes into this live, someone requests to join. I haven't mentioned a topic yet. I haven't even said anything. I'm just asking people how their day went and someone wants to join the live. It's kind of interesting. Okay, that's cool. I let him on the live and he said, bro, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm like, who is, who, who is this? Like, what's your name? King? How, like what's going on? Man, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, why are you thanking me? What happened? Like, did I miss something? He said, man, no, man, just, I want to say thank you. I can't believe I'm talking to you. And I said, man, like, talk to me. What's going on? Like, what's up? This is on live. So I'm, yeah. I have to maintain a certain level of, you know. Yeah. And he's like, man, your video saved my life. Like, literally. I don't mean, like, metaphorically. I don't mean, like, I'm just saying it, not a euphemism. Like, your videos literally saved my life. And I said, how? Like, because I'm taking this all in. I'm like, how, man? Like, well, what's going on? He said, bro, I was just in such a dark place. You know, with my mother dying, me being in and out of jail, um, my dad not being there. Like, he had a really rough life, and he's yeah. spilling all this on live. And um, he started coming to tears, and he's like, man, like, I was getting ready to crash out and do something to hurt myself, do something to hurt someone else. And I'm getting emotional thinking it about it. It gives me, I've got chills and like, yeah. And it just, and this is on live, so I'm sitting there listening, and I'm like, is this real right now? Because I've only been doing this for a month at this point, not a long time. And now I have this young man that's coming on, and very intelligent, sharp young man. His name is Marquise. Um, and me and him are like super close now, super cool now. And he came on the live, and he pretty much like bared his soul in front of everyone and told me how my videos helped save his life, knowing that my videos were a way out of my own depression myself. But yeah. what I was going through wasn't nearly what he was going through. So it's like, it, I cried on a lot, like right then and there, I started crying because yeah. I just didn't know how to embrace that in that yeah. moment. And it's stuff like that that really makes me understand, like, this isn't a game. This isn't something that I do for attention. It's not something that I do for numbers or for adulation or none of that. Yeah. Like, people really need hope. And it's it's something that I've been gifted and blessed to be able to communicate in ways where people can get that from my message, you know? And so... Um, and I even told him, I said, bro, you don't have to thank me. It's, it's all God. God urged me to talk about the things that I talked about at the point in time that I chose to talk about it. And then God urged you to open your app and just see the video. So we both played the role we were supposed to play in that in that scenario. And God made it so that we crossed paths. So it's not really even me. It's just the fact that we're both doing what we just do in yeah. God's divine purpose and God's divine will. That's how he rolls. God's a chess player. He's very, very tactful. Yeah. So, um, I love that, dude. That's a great answer, too. So it's like yeah. you really you feel like the recognition uh, is not necessarily from like people cheering. It's more of like seeing uh, your work actually impact people. Right. That's that's really what keeps me motivated. That's so that's good. Really, that's really it. that's good and humble. And that's awesome. I love that. Thank you. I would kind of say I have to kind of agree. Uh, I'm like it's mine's definitely not. Um, acknowledgement from somebody because I am the most awkward person in the world when I get a compliment. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's an insecurity thing. Have you ever heard like someone yeah. says like, oh, amen. And like, look, I work all day for the compliment and then get awkward when I get it. Like, I, was I care. Say that. You, 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 I care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I care so much about how I look, the shoes I wear, the clothes I wear. But then the second someone compliments it, I'm like, the shoes could be brand new. And I'm like, oh, these old things. Nah, these right. ain't nothing. Same. Like, same. Like, I don't know how to take. And it's an insecurity thing. Mm -hmm. It comes from not feeling like I do have the value that the person or you know what I mean? Right. So that's it's kind of a, a weird situation. So mine definitely does not come from uh, my recognition. I don't does not come from like people saying, hey, Sean, you're awesome, because mm -hmm. that doesn't make me feel good. It really doesn't. 
Um, I, I would say that mine comes from, and I know that it's kind of the same opportunity, uh, same answer that I put in the last one, but uh, opportunities, more opportunities. Like, I feel like when people start like asking me to want to do, like come speak to their kids or they ask me if their kid can be in our program or uh, they're posting on social media, not about me, mm-hmm. but about their changes that they've made, like in their physique right, and stuff. Right. Like that's what makes me feel like good and that I'm on the right track. So it's, it's again, it's kind of the same sort of thing as you. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I, and also people can pick up on that. Like that's why people, if you have a following, you know what I mean? People aren't dumb. Like people can tell if you're being authentic or if yeah, you're definitely. just doing it to look at me, look at me, like those type of people, you know? And, uh, and I think that that makes a big difference in how God, people... God checks me on that every day. Yeah. Checks me on it because I could very well wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm mad at women today. I'm mad at, you know, my dad today. I'm mad at my mom today. And then now I'm using my platform to, to spew negativity yeah. and that's not what he gave me you know that's that's not what he gave me the gifts for yeah so i definitely understand that and you don't dude you don't at all like that's one of the reasons i was excited to have you on here is because i love the positivity that you you know what i mean like yeah thank you and i and you can definitely tell the authenticity authenticity of your posts you know what i mean like it's always got it's always about something that can someone needs that information you know so it's i appreciate god's probably putting the ideas on your heart somehow but let him keep leading that that's really how it happens i just i'm sitting and uh it'll just hit me and just get an idea Uh all right let me see so i think that's mostly mostly all the questions i have for that um i do want to ask and i ask i think i try to ask everyone this especially someone i think can can definitely provide value Uh uh what would be like a main piece of advice you would give um, to like 16 year old forest, right. Or, um, that's a, it's a crazy question because it's so deep, like it's really (laughs) deep. So you think about it for a second, but like, um, a piece of advice. And the reason I ask this is because I try to gain, uh, insight into different ways that I can help the boys in this program. You know, um, people always have a good answer. I think the best answer, well, I don't want to, it might be your answer, so I don't want to steal it yet, but, um, is what I think the best one I've heard so far is get yourself a mentor. Not just because we have a mentorship program, but because um, if you can have someone else in your life that it's made the same mistakes or already walked down that path and you can learn from the stuff that they've been through, it definitely saves you a lot of headaches. But what do you think you got for that? I think, can I have a two-part answer? You can have a five-part answer. Okay. Um, First part, I would definitely say is, Forrest, you are valuable regardless of how you look. Because that was a major thing for me and a lot of the guys around me growing up is that we felt we had to be a certain way to get the girls, to get the respect, to get the praise, to get different things. And how you're received by your peers and by the world shapes how you walk out the door and how you look. So um, I know a lot of a lot of boys um, around 16, 17, 18, even younger than that, uh, they feel this pressure to... Um, have to conform and adhere to what they see getting praise and getting adulation. They feel they have to mimic and copy that. With everything you see with the hair, with the body language, with how they talk, with how they, they think, and um, which is no, it's not nothing new. You know, yeah. peer pressure and, um, you know, adapting different personas is something that's been around since the beginning of time with kids yeah. growing up. They just feel they, you know... Um, so I would tell myself, for one, you don't have to add value um that's not really that's not authentic right you don't have to do that and um because that also puts you in situations you don't you're not ready for yeah 
you know, you're trying to be this hard, you know, gangbanger. And that's what I tried doing growing up. Um, and little do you know that, yeah, that looks good to you right now, but will it look good seven months down the road when you're at the park and you see a group of guys that don't like what you profess to be? Yeah. Then you're in a situation where, well, I've, I've led this image on for about seven, eight months yeah. or for seven, eight years. And now I'm in a situation where I could lose my life behind it. You know, so it's like there's different things that come associated with not being authentically who you are because you don't find enough value in who you are to begin with. That's what I would tell myself is find value in that. And number two, I would tell myself, um, be teachable. Don't be hard headed. Well, that's awesome. Don't be don't be a you know, don't be uh a know it all. Um, I think because there's this and the crazy part about what you're saying is that part of the show that we're gonna do, um, we're gonna try to bridge the gap between um, children and their parents um, because there is this weird tension there I shouldn't say weird there is a there's a tension it's a palpable tension where kids teenagers feel like they know their parents are telling them something that's right at the end of the day but there's still this underlying you know thought that they don't know what I'm going through though they don't know what I'm facing when I walk out these doors they don't know how hard it is to be an individual in this generation they don't know x y and z so you know and then there's also this thing where they want to find out for themselves they want to go down that rabbit hole they want to see how it, how it's going to end and so um i think if we could provide and establish reestablish the value between a parent's voice and a child's mind and bridge the gap i think you'd see a a major decrease in the numbers of depression amongst teenagers suicide um you know sexual dysmorphia like everything that goes along with just like you know this this perverted culture that says you know, you have a parent in the house that's been through what you've been through. This is a fact. Yeah. They're telling you how to defeat what you're going through and you're not listening to them. Why is that? Like, what's the dis? Like, where does that come from? So um, a lot of the situations, you know, things that I'm paying for at 31 are mistakes I made when I was 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And the mistakes that I made at that age, I was warned about by people that were 31, 32, 33 at the time. So, um, and I was told that growing up, like they told me, they said, bro, if you don't listen to me, you're going to go down this path. It's going to hurt. You don't have to do that, but this is what's going to happen. And I didn't just straight up didn't listen to them. So um, I think those two things is, is one, understanding that I was valuable, how I was, I didn't have to change. And two, um, don't be so hard headed, be teachable. Just those whatever, however long that was that you just talked for two, three minutes, whatever that was, mm -hmm. was exactly why I brought you on this show. Like... Everything Man, you just really? said, everything you just said is exactly what I'm trying to hit on. Like it, whether it's a kid and their parent mm -hmm. or a kid and a mentor, right, whatever, right. like um, it's, it's exactly the truth. Like I just left the school when I was there today and I, they gave me 12 kids uh, mm -hmm. that are all about to go back to their regular school. So they're in the alternative school, but they're about to go back to the regular right, school. Right, right. So the way I was talking to them, I was just like, Hey, listen, y'all like, I don't want you to have to go down the same path that I just went down. Right. Like, right. I don't want you to have to end up in prison for six years to get it right. Like, learn from what I can yeah. tell you. Right. Um, and you're right. Some of the kids appear to get it. And some of them are like, you know, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. You know, you just have to. Yeah. 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 So I guess different people learn different ways. Mm -hmm. um, when you were talking about the parent and kid situation, it made me think of how and then all the like the issues with the world today. And I don't come from a perfect two parent household that's like okay. perfect, you know, like. My parents split and we had issues in our family. Um, but I absolutely 100% do see the value 
in support and like pushing and trying to like encourage like two family household. You know what I mean? Like definitely having the definitely. dad and the mom around and being able to. Um, one of my, I don't know, I, that kind of went off track, but one mm -hmm. of my things that uh, if I want my son to listen to what I want to teach him, mm -hmm. I have to make sure I'm modeling what I want to teach him, right? That's, that's important. Right? So I feel like one of my downfalls is I'm like, Caden, get off your phone, get off your phone, get off your phone. I'm constantly on my phone. Always on your phone. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And then I'm over yeah. here telling him to get off his phone. Right. That's one of the things that makes it hard mm -hmm. between a kid and their parents' generation. That whole do as I say, not as I do with this younger generation, you throw that out the window. It's not, it's not working. It is They're not, not going working. For it. They're not going so for it. So we have to make sure as an older generation that we're walking the same thing that we're trying to teach the younger generation also. Right. Right. That's definitely true. Definitely facts. Man, I think that's it, dude. Like, I, I this couldn't have gone any better, dude. Like, honestly, the information that you gave was awesome. And I Thank really you. hope that the people that uh, listen to my podcast, hopefully y'all don't all leave me for force, but hopefully that y'all go and check out <laughs> the information that he puts out because it's awesome. It's definitely encouraging. Um, and it's nice to see like someone not just on social media, just ranting about how crazy the world is you know what i mean like no, there's yeah. enough of that so there is there um is. thank you very much yeah do you have anything you want to say before we wrap it up i no i just i i thank god for the opportunity um i'm thankful to you for being you know a different light that you know is is shining um when i first met you i told Derek, i said man, that's a big guy he's, he's kind of big i'm kind of scared of him a little bit he said no nah, he's, he's a great guy and then i saw you on social media and how you instill values and how you really like it's not a it's you can tell people's work ethic that that pretty much defines like what how serious they are about something and i could just tell from your content that you really do have a heart for this and Thank it's you. not superficial it's not something that you're doing for you know instagram it's not an aesthetic thing for you it's not so i appreciate that that means it's hard lot. to find that it means a lot especially coming from you because you know what you're doing and so that's Oh, thank you for saying that no and like no. i hate that perception of i was actually like really overweight like fat at one point you hell yeah i was like i had boobs really? and everything right <laughs> so like for me to lose the weight and get smaller i ended up getting kind of like stronger i guess is what you'd say okay but i hate that perception because once people get to know me i always get that initial like then that guy is kind of big but then <laughs> as soon as they get to know me they're like man this soft is like <laughs> this dude is like you know what i mean like i'm okay. like a little i'm like a little puppy dog is scared to death inside of a big body you know what i mean That's like funny it, but it's it's okay it works good man uh, again thank you very much my pleasure um, real quick before we sign off i want to make sure i touch on the mentorship program uh, we have on Sunday at two o'clock, we're having a second chance Thanksgiving where we're taking all the boys um, to our director, one of our directors who was on the show a couple weeks ago, Paul Ficino, who did the financial literacy course. Mm -hmm. He's having a bunch of people over his house. Uh, we're going to go fishing with all the kids in the program. He's got like a, a lake That's in his dope. yard. It must be nice. That's so, dope. Um, yeah. <laughs> you open my backyard, it hits the fence and right. behind it. So we ain't got no, we definitely have it's not the same. Yeah, not the same, but yeah. so that'll be cool. Have a Thanksgiving for the boys and, uh, a couple of the kids, when I told them that we were doing this, like, and, and it's just so sad. It just makes you realize some of the stuff we take for granted. A couple of the boys were mm -hmm. like, I've never had a Thanksgiving meal. Like, I've never done wow, a Thanksgiving yeah. meal. Yeah. Wow. And the one kid's wow. mom has worked every Thanksgiving. Like, she, so they don't even do that. He didn't have a, it is and I'm like, man, like, stuff that we take for granted. We're like, oh, another turkey, more stuffing, you know? It never even. And it never even sat down in a f family environment and had, like, Thanksgiving. So I'm excited for that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's cool. All right, man. Well, I'll let you guys go. Thank you guys for listening. Um, just remember that we love you and you're forgiven and there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. Later, y'all.